Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And today we're going to have to save the world from a guy who pretended that he was saving the world. But really, he was ruining it with all of his carbon spewing private jets that he pretended not to own. But really, his wife owned them. And apparently he forgot the lesson in community property. And he's going to hell faster than Taylor Swift on her way to a Kansas City Chiefs playoff game. John Kerry is resigning as the special envoy for uh, climate because he has done absolutely nothing. He's a worthless person. He's a total hypocrite. And it's a stupid position that, interestingly enough, now requires uh, Senate approval in order to give someone the job. So we don't even know if John Kerry is going to have a successor. All we know is he has not been a success as a special envoy. But there is someone, and maybe you and your friends talk about this. Maybe you sit around and go, man, we love hunting and fishing. We love going on trips to beautiful places. We love the earth. We're being accused of being climate deniers and nature haters when really you love the planet. You also love capitalism and people's ability to evolve and make money. So there has to be a better way of doing things. John Kerry has done everything the wrong way. He is a secret capitalist who wants to shame us all into grounding our flights and moving out of steel and glass buildings and not eating cows, even though he lives in a high rise. He eats raw cows for breakfast and uh, he spews more hot gas than uh, a farty fat family at a lentil party. Joining me now. Benji Backer, my very favorite conservationist who happens to be on the right side of the spectrum. He is the executive chairman of the American Conservation Coalition. Benji, welcome back to Kennedy Saves the World. It is great to be here. And uh, you're saving the world while we're talking about saving the world. What could be better? Well, what could be better is if we had a climate envoy who would actually talk about nuclear energy because if any of these countries and any of these blowhards were serious about it that's what we'd be talking about but before we get into some of the solutions because i know you have a phenomenal book coming out and you've been doing a ton of research and we're going to talk about your book in a couple months when it comes out on penguin but right now what has john Kerry done wrong i want to hear some specifics from you because as a conservationist you have a lot of vested interest in this and, you know, preserving these incredible natural areas that you inhabit and that you are so protective of, but doing it through innovation and more forward-looking means. So what has backward-looking dinosaur John Kerry done to make things worse? 
Well, what's upsetting is actually something that you alluded to in the little lead up here, which is that he is deep down a capitalist and he's a capitalist, especially for his own success. But he's a, he is a capitalist deep down and he's actually fairly moderate deep down. He believes that we need nuclear. He believes that we need the market to solve these things. He believes that we need innovation. And that's something that he and his team have ta talked to me about. The problem is he has catered to the far left and has done things that he doesn't believe uh, to kind of cater to them. And, and, and a couple of examples are that with the Inflation Reduction Act and the, and the focus that he has had with his work with Congress and with executive orders and all the different uh, negotiations he's done, he's been hyper-focused on just electric vehicles, solar, and wind mm -hmm. without focusing on an investment into other practical ways to solve environmental problems. And as you alluded to, Americans care about climate. They care about the environment. They care about protecting what we have and protecting the beautiful natural spaces that uh, we inhabit as Americans. But if you're only focused on those three things, electric vehicles, solar and wind, which has been his hyper focus, and it's been the hyper focus of the political left on this issue for decades, you are going to polarize America, but you're also not going to find actual answers because it's not that simple. EVs, solar and wind are not some panacea that John Kerry is going to solve climate change with. There's nuclear, there's hydrogen, there's geothermal, there's sustainable agriculture, there's forest management, there's climate adaptation measures that we could take. There's so many different things that he is not focused on that has made it impossible for him to actually make progress and have polarized America in the process. And that is what John Kerry's problem is on top of the hypocrisy that you alluded to. And he also, you know, he, he sat before Congress and said, you know, this is something that makes me so mad. I do not own a private jet. And it's like, oh, what entity does that you are directly corresponded with? And, you know, he, he claims two issues here. One is that there was way too much power concentrated in a person we're just supposed to trust because right. he's been amassing power for so long. And yeah. uh, he's a failed presidential candidate, and he was a senator for way too long, and, and he uh, was a super anti-patriotic hypocrite about the Vietnam War, and that proved to be very problematic for him when he ran for the presidency in 2004. Um, there, there is way too much power, and there is no Senate confirmation for a guy— who's going and negotiating with China. So he had the authority right. to do that, but then came up empty-handed. Right. Yeah, I mean, he his legacy on this is not good. And he's kind of, it's funny because I saw the rumors of kind of who could replace him if if Biden were to tap another person. Rick Duke. That's, that's one of Freaking his. Freaking Jay Inslee. Oh, oh that's okay. The... I'm so glad you brought that up because that's another person I want to talk about. But go ahead. Please complete your yeah. thought because you have, I don't know if you're still living there, but I know you have spent years living in Washington State. So break that down for people who are unfamiliar yeah, with well, Jay Inslee. It, it, it's perfect that, they, that they're rumoring Jay Inslee because he's a carbon copy, no pun intended, of John Kerry where he talks a big game. And he's made his career over the last five or 10 years talking about climate change, but actually doesn't know what he's talking about. It's the same thing as John Kerry, where they they pretend as if they know what they're talking about. And 
they have these wild claims of we need to transition away from fossil fuels and we need to, you know, we have all the solutions that we need. It's just the Republicans are getting in the way. And if we just went to solar and wind, we'd solve this problem. They know better than that, but they are acting a totally different way than what they know because they're just trying to amass power. And and Jay Inslee is no different than that. And, you know, living in Washington state, I have seen emissions in Washington state, carbon emissions, pollution, increase dramatically during his time as governor, whereas in other states, Republican and Democrat, emissions have gone down, pollution has gone down. And so, you know, the John Kerry, Jay Inslee game of talking big, but actually not doing anything practical is harming our planet and harming our economy. And other countries and other places are laughing at us as they should. I would lump Gavin Newsom into that. Another great example. Yeah, but but he's also one of those people who talks a lot and, and says phrases like, we're going to meet this moment, but then doesn't do anything of substance and doesn't use. And, and this is what is so confusing. And you bring this up, and, and I think it's one of the best points when we're talking about this, especially when you extend someone you may have disagreements with a little bit of grace. And if they would acknowledge, and I'm talking about the progressive left, you know, the um, the ultra orthodox dogmatic progressives who are fully willing to tank anything that is remotely capitalistic in order for their their climate preserving gains, which, you know. They're total nonsense, and it's very, very disingenuous. But if they would extend to people, yes, you also love the planet, and you also want a better place for your kids to live, and you want healthy rivers and streams and oceans. You want all that stuff. If they would just do that, and still, like, I'm okay if you speak with urgency. Just don't be dishonest about it. Because right. there are three problems that I have. One it is the dishonesty. I mean, there there are a lot of straw man arguments, and when you're just building straw men, you're not really going to do anything. That's right. number one. Um, number two, it's the stunts, and you know, yeah. trying to shock people into agreeing with you never works. This is Kennedy Saves the World. Don't go anywhere. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And then, you know, number three, which we touched upon, they don't really want an all-of-the-above approach, and I don't understand why. And I know you've sat down and tried to talk with people and come to some conclusions and compromise about these things. But why won't they engage in conversations? Why wouldn't you talk more about nuclear energy and less about carbon offsets, which isn't a real solution to begin with? Right. I think it's because it's not like we live in this world of sound bites and it's super complicated what we should actually do to solve environmental challenges. Like it's not simple. It never has been, never will be. There's no panacea, as I mentioned earlier. And so it's way easier to just pretend that there is to, again, amass power, to get elected, to get on TV, uh, to become the special envoy. Like it is to get that cool title 
way easier to keep it simple, but simple isn't always right. And what you're alluding to is true. I mean, nuclear, it's complicated because Americans have a complicated relationship with nuclear because of historical events. So it's easier to leave that out. John Kerry's very anti-fossil fuels. Uh, that's a very irrational position based on a world where we're living in that has fossil fuels and pretty much everything that we do. So it's much more easy to just say, oh, we need to ban this or we need to get rid of this than it is to say, well, we are using this right now. So we should probably try to find ways to make it more efficient when we're using fossil fuels and uh, and find ways to slowly transition some of our energy production from that, but that there always will be some fossil fuels and we need to lower emissions from fossil fuels. That's a very complicated position. So it's easier to just say that you're against it and say that we need to get rid of it all. And of course, because that narrative has become the norm on the political left, then the audience of the political left, the activist class, believes that that's true. They genuinely believe that solar and wind are the answers, that fossil fuels are going to be phased out tomorrow, and that that would actually be okay. They genuinely believe that. And so I do have compassion for those people because they they genuinely believe that we could do that with a light switch mm -hmm. tomorrow morning. And although that is completely ignorant and completely wrong and completely you know unrealistic, you know there there's they've been led to believe that by people like John Kerry and Jay Inslee who know better than that, and they just don't want to to show nuance in a world where where that's not rewarded. And you know partially that's the the media and and social media's fault for for having soundbite politics and soundbite, you know, a soundbite economy, honestly, but also John Kerry and Jay Inslee know better and they shouldn't be misleading people like that. I don't know who could actually do the job seriously. I, is there someone that Democrats and, you know, it's OK if, if you have someone in mind, but is there someone that Democrats could realistically, you know, first of all, do you think they're going to fill that role? And second of all, would there be a practical person who is not a rabid ideologue who would at least engage in mm. some of the conversations about innovation and real science and not necessarily have a politicized blinders on conversation where they're just disseminating talking points from, you know, a radicalized and narrow group on the political spectrum. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of, you know, politicians who have led from the Democratic side who have a common sense approach. You know, one of them is Mary Landrew, a former Democrat senator um, who is leading this organization to help kind of work with the fossil fuel community on not going away, but getting better on this, you know, on, on climate and, and on pollution so that they can lower their impact instead of trying to phase them out overnight. Like someone like that could be really smart. The head of the National Wildlife Federation, one of the biggest environmental NGOs, Colin O'Mara, has been known to be super, super pragmatic and bipartisan in his approach and isn't kind of a, an ideologue and an alarmist. There's a lot of people out there. There's current senators like Chris Coons in Delaware, who you know represents a state where there is obviously fossil fuel production, but he also understands the importance of nuclear and the importance of, of all the things that we've mentioned. So, you know, obviously these are pe people that I'm listing off you know, Republicans, conservatives are not going to agree with on every issue. Mm -hmm. But on, on an issue like climate and the environment, actually, I think that there is a lot of alignment. I think that speaks to where this issue should be headed, which is that, 
yes, on abortion and gun rights and all sorts of stuff, we're going to disagree. But on the environment, if you're looking at this in a practical way, there there should be alignment between Republicans and Democrats. The problem is that the John Kerry's of the world haven't been looking at this in a practical way. So Republicans have run the other way. And there are practical Democrats that Joe Biden could choose um, and that there are practical Republicans that are that a Republican president could choose uh, if they you know don't abolish the position. But would 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 President Biden do that when he's so scared of the far left? I'm not quite sure. And I think that that speaks to the problem in itself and why we can't get someone good in this position. I do believe this position is incredibly important. If you're doing talks with China about how to decarbonize the economy, you probably want someone who's practical. So we should all hope that the next choice, if there is one, is way better than what John Kerry was. But can you know, are there... Because it's interesting, John Kerry, when he was confronted by a reporter at Davos who was accusing him of uh, being a hypocrite and basically a murderer, saying, you know, you come to these meetings and you tell other people that they can't use carbon, yet here you are polluting the earth and destroying the earth. So he's getting pinched between the ultra left, for whom it doesn't matter who it is, it will never be enough. So... You, you should not bend over backwards to pacify them because it will never happen. But also people on the right for see, who see him for who he is, which is a hypocrite and a failure and, you know, someone who is just checking a box in the administration and, you know, is pretty much unserious about the issue. He's just so mm-hmm. full of himself, he thinks, but by virtue of his arrival on the climate scene, it makes it better just because he's there so he, right. he's a big fart face well the hypocrisy is, is is also speaks to a lot of the frustration that people have which is that it's fine to fly like i personally believe it's fine if you have the money and the capability to fly in a private jet to use carbon in the way that you need to use it to do what you need to do if you need to do business deals or whatever like obviously that's not something that i can relate to but like who am i to say that he can't do that the problem is He's telling other people they can't do that, but yet that's he's doing it himself. That's exactly right. That's that's, that's the, the problem. problem. Yes, Taylor, so I don't have I don't a problem have a with problem Taylor Swift. If Taylor Swift wants to fly private to see Travis Kelsey at a game, I don't care. I I right. couldn't. I I cannot be royaled to worry at all about Taylor Swift's carbon footprint. I don't care. Right. I really don't love right. her music. Big fan. Hope it works out with Travis. Don't care about the other stuff. And I think it's silly that, you know, she's buying, quote unquote, carbon offsets. But what would really piss me off is if I were boarding a flight and Taylor Swift was on and she was surrounded by security and her security took up a bunch of extra seats on the plane and everyone was going up to her and it delayed us taking off. That would be more annoying. She knows that. So she knows it is a much bigger distraction and a much bigger waste of resources for security and airline personnel and everyone else if she is, in fact, flying commercial, which she shouldn't. As much as I would love to sit next to her and just hear all of her life's gossip <laughs> on a United flight, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, nor shouldn't. It, it doesn't have to because she has made money through hard work and success. And it's one of the things you get. Sorry, you get out. You also get a yacht. Have at it. Jeff Bezos, I don't care about you and your weird man boobs, your ultra muscles that you've (laughs) accumulated into your sixth decade. It's kind of weird. But, hey, man, if you want to do that, I don't I don't care on your big super yacht. 
but don't tell other people that they have to lock it up. They can't. Right. And, and that's where this conversation needs to head is away from those sorts of leaders and, and towards pragmatism. Um, I, I'm not confident that the Biden administration is capable of being unafraid of the activist class that they're kind of catering to all the time. Uh, but if they do at some point in this administration, or if God forbid, there's another one, um, they're, they, they've got to have more pragmatism for the sake of this country, because we cannot be divided on something as simple as the environment. It's so, it's so like uh, Americans love the planet that we live on. We do like it is part of our culture. Like everyone cares about this place. And the fact that this has become politicized and that John Kerry has pushed people away from the issue just speaks to how out of touch he is. And if they pick someone just as out of touch, it's just going to get worse. So let me ask you this, Benji Backer, executive chairman of the American Conservation Coalition. Is there hope for the planet and are things in some respects getting better? Yeah, and it's not to John Kerry's not to thank for that, but uh, there, you know, things are definitely getting better. I mean, yeah, I look at the car that I that I drive, which is a hybrid that gets sixty miles per gallon. Uh, you know, these sorts of innovations that have happened over the last twenty years, whether that's the hybrid car that I drive or the emergence of new nuclear, or um, you know, the fact that solar and wind are working in some areas. Of course, they're not working in others, but they're working in some. And you know, the fact that all these different technologies have come around over the last few decades, mostly because of the market and competition and capitalism and the demand from consumers for cleaner technologies and cleaner air and cleaner water, like we are making progress in developed countries, emissions are going down, especially here in the United States. The problem that we face is how we can do that in countries where they are trying to survive and they're in third world places and they don't have the ability to switch these technologies that we're switching to. Uh, that's going to be the big question. But things are headed in the right direction, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about it because things are already headed in the right direction. Uh, but again, it's not because some politician like AOC or, or John Kerry have prescribed us these solutions. All the solutions that they've tried have, for the most part, failed or have been neutral. The solutions that have worked are the ones that have been good for the economy and good for pocketbooks and good for the environment. And there's a lot of progress in that direction. Uh, and America's headed in the right direction on that, absolutely. And I, and, and I don't think that any presidential administration is going to accelerate or prevent that enough where we can't keep heading in the right direction in, in the way we need to. Well said, Benji Backer. Thank you for taking time on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Can't wait to talk to you in April when your book comes out. Yeah, I'm really excited too. It's called The Conservative Environmentalist. People can pre-order it, uh, but I will come back and talk more about it. It's definitely in the theme of everything we've talked about today. And, and John Kerry's mentioned throughout as someone who is a hypocrite and hasn't made the progress. Same with Jay Inslee. So hopefully uh, he isn't chosen for this next position. But thanks for having me on. It's always great to talk to you. Amazing. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. 
everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.